Thank you for joining Dayspring Christian Church today. Our aim is to share the transforming love and power of Jesus Christ. Please enjoy a Sunday sermon already in progress. I just want to say really quickly that I've always wanted to preach this service. Honestly, I've always wanted to preach this service so and I think that's why I'm nervous. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just jump right into it. Here with me. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on any reels or anything. I just, my eyesight's not what it used to be. Okay. So if you can turn to your Bibles or in uh, your, your apps, this, I got one verse for you. Rather, the Lord has no verse for us today. So we're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, aka the NLT. These glasses make me feel smarter for some reason. NLT, it says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate first. Do a quick prayer because it is my customary to do this. Father, we thank you for what you have given in secret. And we thank you for what you have brought to the public. So we ask God that you speak to our hearts. This we pray in Jesus' name. So if this sermon had a title, I came up with I'm not sure how much that fits in a church setting, but just I just thought it sounded good. <laughs> um, I remember when I was a child, and just in case you're wondering, I am quite young, but when I was a child, depending on who you ask, that's my daughter, I'm, I'm actually quite old. So when I was a child, I remember in elementary school, there would be these communal games that we would play. Uh, things like um, Duck Duck Goose, um, other games like Hangman, and, and so on. The games that the teacher would learn to play with us. And the teacher, in many ways, I guess we could call the teacher the leader. So these were those games that we would play. And one that we played in particular that I liked was Simon Says. By a show of hands, does anyone, has anyone played Simon Says? Okay, if you haven't played it, either you're too young or you're too old. But if you were in the 80s, you remember that relative, which I was. Follow the leader, the teacher would tell you Simon said this, Simon said that. And every so often, he or she would say, touch your nose without saying Simon says. And then there'd be like some kids that would lose out. And she'd go back, I don't know if you know, so we know she. She would go back and then she would, Simon says, touch your knee. Simon says, and it goes on. And then again, she'd come up with, touch your head. Another group of kids would just fall off because when you go by Simon says. This is kind of like what Paul is saying. However, there's no trickery involved here. There's no tricky, trickery in, I'm going to tell you to do something that I myself may not do. Now this verse, it stands on its own. Follow me. 
or imitate me, as this version says, as I imitate Christ. I'm someone that absolutely loves listening to and watching um, podcasts. And a lot of times in a podcast, they'll have like, a, I guess it's what called a commercial or a reel on social media. And they only show you like a snippet on social media or on the reel of a longer form conversation, which probably would be two hours, whatever the case may be. So that's what this is right here. It's the snippet of a longer form conversation. But again, it stands on its own. But when we read scripture, we have to remember, we might have favorite verses, but there's what came before and what came after. Because we get so caught up on our favorite verses, but forget the beginning and the end. So here's Paul saying, follow me when I, as I follow Christ. And when I looked it up, and I was, I was getting ready to pray, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit spoke into my spirit. I started thinking about, hey, well, what does he want us to do exactly? And if you read before, he's teaching to the church of Corinth, and Paul was in many ways the, the, the pastor or the church planter. We have pastors and church planters here. And here he is correcting, instructing, teaching, from this letter. And scripture was not comprised with verses and chapters, so it's a long-form conversation. So if we just take out follow me as I follow Christ, we miss out on what he's saying. So here he is, he talks to them about the pillar of smoke, going back to like the children of Israel, rather. And then from there, he talks about sexual morality. He talks about um, not eating food off to idols, then after he says that famous line we just read, then he starts teaching on how the church should operate, and particularly in Corinth, they had issues with how men and women should dress, and so on and so forth. I would strongly recommend that you read the whole book of Corinthians if you can, in one sitting, great, but read before what comes out. So here he is saying, follow me. And when I thought about pastor's appreciation, what greater honor to our pastors could there be to follow them as they follow Christ? Man, gifts are fantastic. Celebrations are awesome. Honor is wonderful. But what better honor as men and women that lead people to Jesus, that, that reflect the image of Jesus, can there be than for us to honor our pastor's appreciation and every other day to follow them? I've been really thinking about discipleship lately, and in, in so doing, I've been thinking about um, my relationship with pastors here, and more specifically, Pastor Dwight will pick each other's brains, and I as we were doing that, I thought to myself, I need to follow this guy. To all our Christians, but I just thought, I need to follow him. To follow his Christ. So we get to hear their hearts, whether behind the pulpit, the stage, and teaching, and the most intimate on conversations. We hear their heart for God. Their heart to make a difference in the lives of other people that God has 
gifted them to us. We have been gifted them. So if we are honoring the following, the spirit, so we follow. This reminds me of what James said in his book, uh, the third chapter, verse one. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. Why do you ask? For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Judged more strictly. I remember coming up in Bible college and you come up from Bible college every summer and then you kind of like position yourself so that you could be asked to speak. <laughs> so you're following for your own favor, for your own ambition. I guess if you're in that small circle of people that actually went to Bible college, it sounds funny, but I don't know. So Here's James saying that if you desire to, to lead, understand that there will be a severe consequence or severe judgment, uh, severe rather judgment, on those that lead. So here's Paul, he's teaching the Corinthian church, and, and by extension, he's, he's teaching us. And he says, follow me as I follow Jesus. Man, that's like pointing a gun to his own head or to his own back so that as soon as he slips up, people can say, man, I thought he was, man, I thought he was this. Man, I thought he was, I thought he was this. I heard that he struggles with this. I heard he struggles with that. Did you know that when he was a teenager, he did this? What? <laughs> this one touched me. Did you hear me? He got a child out of wedlock? That's not a my passage here, but I'm just saying. Judge more severely. So to say, follow me is like putting yourself on the last potential just in case you don't lead well. So it causes you, as our pastors, to lead us well. Because you want us to follow you because you're following Jesus. And on top of that, they follow the pastors that led them to this point. So they're not talking out the side of their mouth. They're talking as ones who know submission. They're talking as ones that know what it is to follow, even when it may be tough, even when it doesn't make sense, even when they would rather turn around and leave. But they honor by following. Following the one that led them, ultimately is following Jesus. My time constraint here, so I gotta wrap this up. Ultimately, let's try to close this thing up. Jesus in Matthew 4:19, he says this. We probably have all heard this if you're familiar with the text. 
Jesus called them out. Well, let me start that again. Jesus called out to them. Come, follow me. It's so simple, but doesn't it sound like just so powerful and then it touches your heart? Come, follow me. Come, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men is how I know, but the text says fishers of people. So Paul, when he said, follow me as I follow Christ, he was just an ex this was just an extension of what Jesus said to his disciples when he called them from where they were, from their fishing boats, from being tax collectors, just being people from everyday walk of life that probably didn't feel very special. But he said, come, pay you over there that no one notices. Hey, you over there, the one that everyone thinks is a disaster. Hey, you over there, you can't even look at yourself in the mirror. Yes, you, come, come, come. So on this day of pastor's appreciation, as Jesus has called to us, has called to Paul, has called to our pastors, and as they call to us, come and follow me. All right, I want to tell you something about our pastors, okay? So they're compassionate, they're loving, they're great comforters, they're praying warriors, they're truthful, they're obedient. But I gotta tell you a secret. They're also human. Now, I don't know why we forget this. I know why. I know why. It's almost like we put them on a really high pedestal, like the Tower of Babel is looking real small compared to this. You know, you know, we compare their years of learning to us as members of the church. We compare their knowledge of the Bible to us, as Ryan said, you know, popular verses. I'll tell you John 3.16 in a heartbeat. Um, we, we compare their experience of teaching, and we think we're less equipped for teaching. Depends on whatever's being taught, right? Not just for the word, but it could be worship. Look at our youth uh, ministry. You know what we do job, right? So many areas. And then the title. We compare their titles. Like we're member, we're body, we're part of the body of Christ. They're not excluded. They're actually included in the body of Christ. So I'm sure the team, the pastoral team, can fill you in on conversations immediately changing for the worse or better once they say, "Yeah, I'm a pastor," and the person's attitude, behavior, their words are different to how they previously were speaking. But today's important, DCC. Our pastoral team is not God. However, we're recognizing their role in the body of Christ. And if you thought this was to sing praises, we're here to encourage, to support our pastors within the body of Christ. So I'm pray. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to meet. Continue to be at the forefront of today and forevermore. Direct our attention to you and use me as a vessel for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, like I said, I go to Tyndale. Um, I'm not 
uh, studying to be a pastor in the linguistics program. So I'm learning a lot about languages, but there's certain requirements as part of our uh, program that we have to fulfill. And one of those programs that I, or courses I had to take was hermeneutics. So this is like studying the Bible, um, getting in the nitty gritty. So you'll be surprised every time you walk in and out of that class, you're humbled because you realize there are certain presuppositions, misconceptions, ideas um, that you came to the Bible that are actually just not true, you know? Um, one of those ideas is that I thought Jesus was talking English in the Bible days. That's not real. That's not real. That's not real. It was hard to, to believe, but that's true. He was speaking the language of the Jews and the Gentiles, a language they can understand. Um, and that came with translations. You see where linguistics is coming in. We got our translated Bible in English, translated Bible in Spanish. So that's that's where it all came in. Anyways, I learned that out of that class. Um, and I'll leave you more to research about that on your own time, or we could talk after. But I also learned another fact that the Old Testament is very important to the whole redemptive story of God. A lot of the time, I would go to the New Testament, sit, chill with Jesus, because I know, I know John, it's my favorite book, but I forget about Genesis, I forget about Exodus. When those, you need to understand what's happening there to understand what's happening in the New Testament, because Jesus quotes the, these, these, these teachings, so we have to understand that. And my entire group in my hermeneutics class, we did a project on Genesis 38, which is a really interesting story. It talks about Judah and Tamar, um, prostitute. Uh, again, we can talk after. Um, so why, why am I telling you these things about the Bible? Why? Because I have to be accountable for what I believe in at the end of the day. My pastors, my pastors, they, they know the word, they, they, they've been studying, but I have to know the word and I have to be studying as well. And that's, that's our role as the body of Christ, right? So we have to know what we're getting ourselves into. Yes, we get it on Sundays, but we have to be accountable for what we believe since our pastors are not going to be accountable for everything we stand for on Judgment Day, right? So our position stands true. And Ephesians 4 best describes the work of our pastors. So you can turn to Ephesians 4, verse 12 to 14. I'll give you a minute. I'll be reading from the ESV translation. All right, so Ephesians 4, verse 12 to 14. Okay, so it says, To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Now, if you've been paying attention to Pastor Dwight's messages these past few weeks, You'll know the body of Christ, DCC, needs every part within this congregation to work together 
in the ways God designed us to that will benefit his kingdom and not ours. Okay? So the first thing we recognize is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's us. Work of ministry. What? Service to God in and outside the church. That's what it's referring to. Now, building up the body of Christ, what does that mean? Pointing the direction of the congregation towards Christ. Like Brian said, we're following them as they follow Christ. They're leading us as an example to the one who gave us life. Until we attain the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God. Gosh, that's a lot of words. Well, until we grow in our understanding of God's word and what we believe. So that we may no longer be children. What? Young to the faith, basically. Unknowing of the truth. Careless, naive, forgetful. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every cunning. Basically, you do not have a foundation strong enough. You're doubtful, uneasy, and unstable. Tossed to and fro, you're doubtful. By craftiness and deceitful schemes, basically the devil is a liar and will be a manipulation to every single situation you go through. Okay, God. Okay. So you're saying that our pastors are teaching us to be of service to you in and outside of the church community, since ministry is not only within the building, but outside, when reaching those who are not part of the church community. That is our job. While directing us to worship Jesus, while we all grow in our understanding of what on earth the Bible is saying, especially since our entire faith is built upon this, while we're operating in complete fullness of God, intended for us to live it out all fully, while we are no longer naive to the truth or unaware of the truth, knowing right from wrong, that's righteous living, while building a solid foundation as God is the rock, especially when doubts come, we're uneasy, we're unstable in our faith, unless God is the foundation and not allowing the stinking enemy to manipulate or deceive us in situations we go through. So wow, God, when you put it like that, may you be glorified through these people you've put in leadership to direct us towards you and not them. That's our pastoral team, DCC. Does that bring the pedestal down a little bit? And that's not even everything they do or have done to encourage build up the body of Christ towards a relationship-building community. They also care. They have hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for caring pastors. Think of a time you were comforted, seen, shared an intentional conversation, like you're saying, Brian, with one of our pastoral team members and staff. That is them caring for the sheep. That's us, DCC. And pastors refer to as shepherds in the word. They care for the sheep and they lead us in one direction. I'll take any answer. Jesus. Yes, we got it. We got it. Peter, stay with me. Stay with me. Peter 5, verse 2 says, Shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God. Not motivated for shameful gain, 
but with wholehearted enthusiasm, not lording it over those assigned to your care. Do not be arrogant or overbearing, but be examples of Christian living to the flock. Set a pattern of integrity for your congregation. Pastors are to guide and protect the body of Christ. And DCC, they're encouraging us to do the same, to live for God in our worship, not just songs of praise, but giving glory in every area of our life to God, in our jobs, relationships, friendships, schooling, Bible study, functioning as the body of Christ, giving God our all, being aware of the truth, always learning, willingness to, to be mature in our faith, building a solid foundation. Now, after hearing this breakdown of our pastoral team, teachers, and they're known to be shepherds of the sheep, how are you being impacted by our pastoral team? Is this pastoral team encouraging you to further your Bible study? Is this pastoral team encouraging you to, to be involved in certain areas of ministry within the church? Encouraging you to build praying habits. Encouraging you to be hospitable towards others. Encouraging you to be present, not just in services, but for your family, for your friends, when they go through trials. Encouraging you to want a better relationship with God. To be involved in, in being bold in your faith. Baptism, anyone? Now, how do we reel this back in Jesus? We appreciate the impact. We appreciate the fact that this team working together, making tough decisions together as they include Christ in every step. We appreciate your care. We appreciate how you keep it real. Pastor Jermaine, Pastor Lori, Pastor Dwight, Pastor Trey, Pastor Hugh. Even when we make it, a day. God sees you every single day and knows how to care for you. And John, he, he knows his, 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 the sheep's voices and the sheep know his name. So continue to be led by Christ and equip his people and live for him. Body of Christ, we're not supposed to sit back and do nothing. We know now to get involved in serving the Lord and to support one another the way God designed us to. Thank you. Thank you.